Hello everyone, Callie Hannah here with a quick disclaimer from the future, 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 future. <laughs> the episode you are about to hear was recorded prior to my public coming out as a transgender woman. As such, you will hear myself and others refer to me by my dead name and he, him pronouns, and that is not how I want to be referred to now. I, well, I go by Callie and I use she, her pronouns. Uh, the rest of the episode has been left as is for the purposes of historical preservation, but uh, just know that it is not accurate to my current uh, gender identity. Thank you, and enjoy the show. The hipster and the nerd. Yes, hipster and the nerd. The nerd. One went to the genius. The other is quite absurd. Exactly which is which. Off the fence is which. Yes, good sir. The hipster and the nerd. 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 Hipster and the nerd. Created by Steven Spielberg? No. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final hipster and the nerd episode of 2021. Uh, this is, of course, the podcast where we discuss movies, TV shows, comic books, video games, and all manner of geek and pop culture to see what we can make of it. I am Chris Hanna. With me, of course, is my co-host, Brian Brecker. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing fan-fucking-tastic, because <laughs> you know what, Chris? You know what? What? The Eagles could clinch the playoffs soon. Oh, shit. I know. Everybody was saying... Your team's bad. <laughs> you got you got a, a a rookie head coach, and yeah, we lost the Giants, and yes, we've not beaten any teams with a winning record. But god damn it, we're going to the playoffs, and I know, I know, because heteronormativity has excluded most LGBT people from liking sports. No one in the audience cares right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm ninety nine percent sure of that. Like, I think most of, I forget the exact percentile, but, like, most of our audience identifies as non-binary, according to the, uh, to the statistics. So most of yes, them probably and, and that, and that is and that is valid. But I would also like to say that us gays need to reclaim sports. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that should be an ongoing project. But today, we're going to talk about something that's very gay and athletic as well, and that is He-Man. Um, so... Uh, we're now going to be talking about the yes. second part of He-Man. Yeah. Masters uh, of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. Uh, Revelation. Revelation. Because as we all two. know, a sequel needs to have a generic title like Resurrection, Revelation, or Revolution. Matrix. Yeah, I was going to say two of them. Well, technically, the new one is Resurrections. And That's there was, true. There was Revolutions. Mm -hmm. Revolutions and yeah. Reloaded. And Reloaded. <laughs> Reloaded one that wasn't plural yeah exactly <laughs> yeah okay uh, yeah and uh, I, I i'd like to talk about the grand themes of this second part before we get into the plot synopsis because he-man masters of the universe revelation part two is really a commentary on the works of friedrich nietzsche <laughs> <laughs> i know what you're getting at but that's it's really fucking funny out of context <laughs> 
I, I did just stay with me here because <laughs> yeah, they've got a point. They've got a point. Um. What the second half unveils is that uh, Skeletor wants to destroy the universe and his not destroy conquer the universe. And his justification for this is he is seen into infinity and realized there is no order to the universe. So immediately we are confronted with an existential question in the beginning of, of the second half. How do we make meaning in a meaningless universe? And, uh, and that's obviously something that you think of when you think of He-Man. Yes. And uh, what happens then is Evil Lynn eventually betrays Skeletor. And when she betrays Skeletor, she because... also looks into Infinity and realizes the emptiness and meaninglessness of the universe. And instead of using it for petty vengeance like Skeletor does, she embraces cosmic <laughs> nihilism and decides to try and destroy the universe. Meanwhile, our heroes are also dealing with this issue, but end up coming up with the idea that basically to cling to your friends, to nurture the relationships around you, is to basically imbue your life with meaning because the universe itself is magical in a sense that even though it is chaotic and without order, it creates beauty in that sense. That is the thesis of the story, and that fits very easily into Nietzsche's theory of the Ubermensch, <laughs> because his idea was in the genealogy of morals, <laughs> that basically, we've all been led astray by Christianity, because Christianity is all about, you know, being nice to people and shit like that. Yeah. And, 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 and Skeletor... And Evil Lynn would agree with that because they believe in the will to power. Okay? <laughs> so they're into the, the problematic parts of Nietzsche's philosophy. Uh, but then the heroes come in and they're like, no, we're going to build our own meaning on the meaningless universe like Albert Camus in The Myth of Sisyphus. And he, they are like, all right, and we're going to create our new morality. And it's not going to be like that old that old morality that was with the the sorcerers, the sorceress, the sorceress, the sorceress yeah. want, didn't want us to be to have connections to other people like the Jedi, basically. Yeah. And we're rejecting that. And it we is are kind of it's actually life. it's actually uh, weirdly similar to like I think we talked about this with part one, but part two is yes. also weirdly similar to last jedi in a lot of respects yes Um, Yes. Uh, the the apprentice betrays the master uh all that you know we always love the trope when the second in command overthrows the evil overlord so i just like to i wanted to point out (laughs) the strange connections that this second part has to nietzschean philosophy and existentialism in general it's it's Uh, very even this wikipedia synopsis at one point says evil lynn grows nihilistic Ah. yes yeah she, she does um, but that and is, by the way, we're not talking about the the Nazi parts of Nietzsche because that was his stupid fucking sister who, uh, <laughs> who was super fucking racist. Oh my! Oh my! Um, yeah. Uh, so no, fuck fuck Nietzsche's sister. She was the worst. And uh, Nietzsche, Nietzsche, we're not endorsing Nietzsche's philosophy, but you know he was an interesting guy. We're I mean, just he, examining. He went crazy. We're, we're examining. And he ran philosophy. outside and started crying over a horse, and that's when he <laughs> basically lost his mind. Uh, oh my God. But yeah, Nietzsche. So, so anyways, um, back to this podcast about He Man. 
yeah, well, this was all about He-Man in a yes. way. Anyway, so... So the first we... episode, Cleaved in Twain, Cleaved in is Twain. directed by Adam Conero, Patrick Stannard, written by Eric Carrasco, Kevin Smith, and aired Forever. November 23rd, 2021. Like all so... of the episodes. <laughs> Exactly. So yeah. in a flashback, Tila's mother gives her a magical marking before leaving her daughter and man-at-arms to assume her role as the sorceress. Yeah, oh, by the, the way, present... Tila's mom is the sorceress. That... Yes, that was a big twist. That was a twist, yeah. Yes, and in the present, Skeletor gloats over his enemies, as Skeletor is wont to do, but the sorceress manages to teleport Adam, Cringer, Tila, and Andra to safety using her remaining magic. And uh, Skeletor is then like, ah, you think you can save people, but I'm gonna murder you. And I'm then do hit, her husband murder. is like, no, that was my wife. And then they imprison the man-at-arms, and uh, Evelyn is transformed into her replacement, taking on her magical power. I love that then, design, by the way. <laughs> yes. And then Tila finds herself able to heal Adam's wounds by tapping into her natural magic. Because before somehow meeting... Adam did not die by from being stabbed in the chest. Well, no, he was, he was stabbed in the side, like Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, we're not going into that. So... Before meeting Fisto and Clamp Fisto. Clamp, the best villains, obviously. Clamp, uh, well, Clamp, uh, Clamp Champ. The best heroes. Clamp Champ. <laughs> yes, Clamp Champ. And uh, they get, uh, they have evacuated by, they evacuated King yeah. Randor and Queen Marlena and most of Eternos. But then Skeletor unleashes his magic to turn the remaining citizens into skeletal minions. Yeah. And, and Fisto wanna... and Clamp Clamp are infected, Clamp forcing the heroes to destroy them. I just want to point out that right Clint right Jam. before this happens, Skeletor makes his big weird hologram thingy to talk to all of Eternia, and Fisto says, and I quote, I'd sure like to fist him. And that and then he immediately dies. <laughs> is this yeah. is is this the kill kill the gays trope? <laughs> Bury your gays. <laughs> Bury your fistos. Bury your fistos. So Skeletor then appears. <laughs> yes. Showcasing his new power by banishing their souls to Subterdia, yeah, which is because, basically hell. Because Skeletor, in addition to being a god, um, he, well, I guess on top of being a god, he controls uh, who gets into heaven and hell. So like Fisto yes. and Clamp Champ die, and Adam's like, don't worry. You know, they will be rewarded in heaven. And Skeletor's like, surprise, bitch! <laughs> I surprise, can send them to hell because I can! <laughs> As Skeletor prepares to kill him, Adam reveals that the Sword of Power is only a conduit for his true power. Sounds like he's god modding right now. He calls upon his transformation to become Savage He-Man, which Savage is He-Man, He-Man but the Hulk. I, and, I, uh, which I still say, missed opportunity... They should have called him Caveman, as in Cave-Man. Oh. Caveman. He is the first and original He-Man, and they fight. And that yeah. leads into the second episode, Reason and Blood. Well, first we talk about Cleaved and Twain. I thought this was a pretty good episode. What do you think yeah. of this episode? I also think it's a pretty good episode. Good start to uh, part two. You know, there's some... Love Fisto. R- Fisto. Fisto. Best Clamp gay Champ. couple. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I like the, uh, uh, you know, we, we quickly get reintroduced to everybody. Cringer gets a good, uh, good, good moment. Uh, there's some, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, 
Uh, yeah, it's it's just good good new uh, character designs introduced, like the evil in sorceress design. I think that's pretty cool. And uh, Savage yeah. He-Man. So yeah, yeah, pretty pretty good start. Yeah. The second episode of this part is Reason and Blood, directed by yeah. Adam Conero and Patrick Stannard. This one was written by Tim Sheridan, and it was released November twenty third, twenty twenty one. Like all so, the other Savage He-Man. <laughs> Savage He-Man battles with Skeletor and his minions, but is overwhelmed by Skeletor's superior magic. How are so you Tila even, copies. How are you even possible? <laughs> <laughs> so then Tila copies the sorceress's teleport teleportation spell to bring her friends to safety, arriving in the Mystic Mountains. And then Skeletor becomes abusive towards Evelyn and interrogates the imprisoned man at arms. And this is when we I'd start like getting the whole "Ooh, Mystic- is Evelyn yeah. gonna turn?" type type plot. That I'd goes also on in like the gutter to point rat. out that uh, Mystic Mountains sounds like a Sonic level. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then what happens is the the imprisoned man at arms, he's obsessing over the source of Adam's transformation, Skeletor is, and he's asking man at arms how this was possible. Now, Tila, Andrew, and Cringer lose He-Man only to learn that he is being drawn to Randor's camp in the mountains because he has daddy issues. And also, uh, and he then, may have did, uh, also, Savage He-Man may have done a, did a murder, because he, he, he walks yes. out and he's got blood on his hands, like, uh-oh, he did Well, he a killed murder. the Manticore. He, ki- oh, he killed the Manticore, oh, remember? Oh, okay. oh, right, he did kill the Manticore. Okay. Chris, are you so forgetting the He-Man lore? <laughs> the deepest lore. Right, I, I, I apologize. Right, he didn't do Thank a human you. murder, but he did do some, he did do some killing. <laughs> yes. So He-Man attacks the Royal Guards, directing his rage towards his father, but then his father is like, Oh my god, son, you're alive? I'm so sorry for all the neglect I had I'm towards so sorry, you. I'm so sorry, I was like, a shitty dad. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Rander apologizes for his past mistreatment and declares his pride in his son, allowing He-Man to transform back into the normal golden twink boy that he is. Yeah, Adam, and then yeah. Beast-Man... Yes, Beastman confronts Evil Lynn in private, insisting her power outmatches Skeletor's and that she should take control. I also and that I he also acts wrote, like he owns you. I also wrote in, in my notes uh, at one point, Beastman does say something along the lines of like, "I'm just following orders," and I'm like, "You yes. know who else was following orders? Beastman, the Nazis." <laughs> <laughs> Nietzsche's sister. <laughs> Nietzsche's sister. <laughs> See, we're bringing it all around. We're yeah, connecting everything. Exactly. All right. So this episode, Recent in Blood, I thought this was a fun episode. Uh, I liked how He-Man hulks out and then kills a manticore. I also like that it uh, really starts developing Evil Lynn's character a lot more and her turn on Skeletor It's going to happen in the next episode. I enjoyed the father-son relationship, and I thought overall this was a really great episode. Chris, what did you think of Reason and Blood? I uh, pretty much agree with uh, all the things you said. I also really enjoy Reason and Blood. I love Savage He-Man, you know, doing all the badass rampaging, and he fights the Skeletor god. It's pretty cool. And there's uh, some really uh, compelling discussions about the nature of heroism between Skeletor yes. and Man-at-Arms that I that I enjoyed. I liked how uh, Randor had to confront the fact that he was a shitty dad. I thought that was good. More exposure of shitty fathers. 
is always more a good shitty thing. dad representation. <laughs> I, well, that's not how I would phrase it, but more shitty, more, <laughs> more, more being able to admit that you've been a shitty dad um, is uh, is is always more good. repentant shitty dad representation. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, very good, and I like how we're sort of setting up Evil Lynn to have her own character, and we'll see how that yes. plays out through the rest of these episodes so yeah yeah and episode three is the gutter rat this one was directed by adam conero and patrick stannard it was written by dia mishra and it was released november 23rd 2021 now rander reunites with adam cringer and Tilan and enlists andra's lieutenant in the royal guard and this is in a really fun scene where rander's like you can have anything you want she's like i just want to be with my friends and then rander's like all right that's pretty dumb why you just make you a lieutenant all right and she's I, like, what? I do wanna, I do, although i do want to say if i if i do have uh, if if i do if like um if i do have a criticism uh yes uh, if you liked andra uh you're kind of shit out of luck because she up until like the last episode she gets basically nothing to do <laughs> yeah she's just gonna go on and yeah. uh, marry tila eventually off screen <laughs> eventually it'll it'll happen eventually if they make season if they after make six years season, they'll finally admit their um, their feelings for each other yeah <laughs> yes Yes, so then definitely. Adam spends time with Marlena and learns that she and Randor split up since his death. And he's like, I split up your marriage. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. So then... Yeah, He-Man's parents are divorced. <laughs> so then Evil Lynn receives pity from Man-at-Arms. And Man-at-Arms is like, we all know that he's really mean to you, that Skeletor dude. And she's like, it's okay. I'm my own person. And begins to doubt her relationship yeah. with Skeletor. And then Skeletor is all like... vision of the entire universe. Yeah, because then Skeletor is all like, Hey, listen, there's this thing called the Celestial Apex I'm waiting for. It's all the planets are going to be aligned. And I, that'll, that'll let me control all of existence. I want to show it to you. It's really cool. And then Evil Lynn... And I'm going to use it to destroy He-Man. And then, and then Evil Lynn looks at it. And like, he's like, look, there is no God. <laughs> Evil Lynn's like, oh, dear. Literally in... in in, in the lore no of God. this universe, in the lore of this universe, there God is no, died there, there is no he, intelligent he created design. time. There is no intelligent design. There, there is no creator. There is no grand well, plan. Yeah. There is only they chaos. Specifically say they specifically say that God died when he created. Oh yeah, time. yeah. The death of yeah. Because Skeletor says something like, "I saw the death of God at the beginning of time." So like, God well, existed. Yeah, and and, and, and died. I, I like the implication of that. That like. That like creating the universe with so much energy, it just killed God. I yes. think that's interesting. Or maybe that God just released his centralized power to become the universe. Also, also I think that's very also, interesting. Also, side note, side note. Before we yes. get too caught up in the existential crises, um, during the during the conversation between Adam and his mom about uh the about the relationship she has with Adam's dad. She casually brings up Earth, and I'm like, wait a second. Earth exists? Yeah. Hold up. <laughs> That's a pretty, because as far as I am aware, I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong, but as far as I'm aware, the only time Earth has ever been brought up in, in He-Man lore was the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, which takes place after the divergent point on the on the timeline where this starts. So, like... 
And also, I think there might have been time travel shenanigans involved with them getting to Earth. I don't well, I'm remember. pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure in the in the universe of this franchise, this takes place millions of years after the heat death of the sun. Yeah, I think, so like, and and this is like way, way far into the future. Yeah, that's what I always assumed. So, how is Earth still around? Well, did she say she was on Earth or that she, no, she knew of that, Earth? I think she, she was she, casually she, referencing. She Earth. said that she thought about going back to Earth. Okay, so this must be only like tens of thousands of years in the future, which is weird. <laughs> no, it's fine. Don't I worry mean, about it. It's just a, it's just a weird thing to casually drop. Well, I mean, oh, okay. assuming assuming they seem pretty, this is my interpretation, they seem pretty isolated from other planets, and what that tells me is that I think, this is my headcanon, that they basically sent out a giant, uh, oh god, what's it called? Um, like a... Uh, a nursery ship, which had, which would have, un, which would have fertilized eggs well because it seems and it would go like, into space well, both, and then it would land on a planet well, and the then implication the, the from robots that, would fertilize the eggs right, and right. stuff well, like the, that uh, i yeah. mean sure but like the implication from that dialogue is that both rantor and merlina were originally from earth and then presumably mm. immigrated to eternia mm. or, 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 or eternos whatever the i forget whether it turns no, don't don't worry about it it's fine <laughs> don't worry about it so, I want answers. Uh, by the way, we're talking about we're talking about the death of God. I mean, yeah. God is dead, and we have killed him. Friedrich Nietzsche. Friedrich now, Nietzsche. believing that nothing in the universe has purpose, Evil Lynn is very distraught. Now, Beastman comforts Evil Lynn, who reveals that she is indebted to Skeletor for because, after being rescued in the yeah, past. Yeah, because, because she was almost wanted to eat her because her parents were cannibals. Apparently, well, they weren't cannibals. Well, they, they weren't were just directly cannibals. They were just starving, and they and they were like, "Well, we're poor, and we don't have any other food. Better resort to cannibalism." Yeah, and then she became a pickpocket and accidentally used magic once, and then Skeletor mm. must have sensed it in the universe, and then took her and raised her. I also and then, like how uh, when gave uh, her power. Yeah, I like when Skeletor shows up in that flashback. He is completely silent. Like, yes, he, he just like shows up, and he just gives her this look like yo come with me <laughs> like yeah. that's 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 actually that was pretty cool <laughs> and uh she, she's indebted to skeletor after that and but she now realizes she must free everyone from skeletor in order to take his power from him yes. because she has become more powerful than skeletor and realizes that he has all the power in the universe and he just wanted to use it to kill He-Man, to kill which He-Man. I think is hilarious. Which is and and which is basically just e- Evil Lynn is basically just like, God, you are an idiot. <laughs> you are so dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then meeting with Adam, Tila reveals her knowledge knowledge that the sorceress is her mother. Yeah. Evil and they Lynn all... tricks Skeletor into reverting to his normal form. But because Skeletor L sex is a, is a is a horny motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and we get like this pinup shot of like of like evil Lynn. I'm like, oh okay. This was made by Kevin Smith. I almost forgot. <laughs> oh for a second. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin Smith. Right. Uh yeah. Uh so yeah Tila now knows the sorceress is her mother. They talk. Yeah. They yeah, also, yeah. they talk about, like, how, you know, they've lived their whole lives in, in conflict. You know, war is hell. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that sort of thing. Uh, I got a question, though. How does, how does 
Skeletor kiss someone? I don't know. I mean, it's like, literally he, just he, bones. He's bones. He doesn't have li- Well, that sort of raises the question of how does a skeleton get jacked? Because... Well, the, the rest of him isn't just a skeleton. Just his head's a skeleton. Well, because well, the implication is that his entire... Especially, there, there are lines in this show that are like, you're nothing but bones. So, like, the implication is that he's just made out of bones. He's a bone man. So, like... How how is he? How it's it's he SpongeBob's have... inflatable muscles. Wait, that also raises a question. Wait, I just realized if he is just bones, how would he have sex? Like, does he stick a pelvic bone into the? Is, is you know, that many happens? species have penile bones. I mean, I feel like that would be very uncomfortable for the other person, but oh, okay. Maybe this is why Skeletor my never my got... personal theory is that he has the blow up arms from SpongeBob. <laughs> he has the anchor arms. Anchor arms. That wouldn't explain. I mean that. I mean that wouldn't explain the uh, buff chest though. <laughs> I mean, it would. It's just a. It's a chest piece. Ah, oh, I, I. Right. 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 Of yes. course. <laughs> so Evil Lynn uh, gets Skeletor to think about uh, how he wants to smash more than uh, <laughs> yeah. you know that Evil Lynn's going to betray him. And yes. uh, takes the sword of power for herself, becoming Darklin. Dar- now, God- Darklin Godlin. announces Godlin. her intention. Godlin. Yeah. Darklin. That's what I said. No, 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 no. It's Godlin. No, it's not. It's Darklin. Yes, it is. Literally, the, the script. No, the script calls her Darklin, and it, on, on the synopsis, it says Darklin. Okay. Oh, okay. I guess she becomes Godlin later because they refer to her as Godlin in a later episode. No, no, that's when she gets the power of the universe. Oh, Chris, wait, are wait, you wait. up on your He-Man lore? They didn't right? refer to her by name before. No, they did. Book. They called her. She said, I am now Dark Lynn. I don't. Th- Fine. They did, Chris. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> okay. So Dark Lynn announces her intention to end all the suffering by, by destroying the universe. Also, I uh, love eradicating fraternity as Lynn an example. Yeah. Darklin design is very good, and the royal family begins planning to defeat yeah. Darklin. Yeah. Um, Were you gonna say something? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. That's basically what happened. She she kills all of heaven, and then they were like, "We gotta mobilize all the forces." And then Skeletor's like, "Hey, you wanna let me in here? Can I get in?" On- I don't know what voice I'm doing. I'm trying to do Mark Hamill, and, like failing. I don't, I don't know what this... But basically, yeah. Yeah, because then Skeletor goes over to the good guy's side because now he needs he needs to take down Darkland. so the enemy of my enemy is my enemy's enemy's friend. Enemy, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, that. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, but Jim is his own worst enemy. Therefore, he is my friend. But then again, the friend of my enemy <laughs> is my enemy. So Jim is also my enemy. <laughs> Dwight Schrute. So, uh, the royal family begins planning to defeat Darklin by having Tila become the new Sorceress Supreme. Uh, sorry, wrong movie. And is <laughs> unexpectedly joined by Skeletor, and that's the end of the Gutter Rat episode. I really love the Gutter Rat episode. I think this is the episode where the whole show really comes into focus. Like, ah, this is what we've been doing. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed Evelyn taking the power. I enjoy the dark, nihilistic, existential themes <laughs> going on here. And I think... That overall, Evil Lynn is a pretty uh, interesting character. Chris, what do you think of the gutter rat? 
I also uh, agree with uh, a lot of what you said. I really enjoyed the gutter rat. I like uh, seeing Evil Lynn's backstory, how her relationship with Skeletor started. I thought that was really interesting. I enjoyed, uh, you know, Evelyn coming into her own, taking the power. You know, she gets the sword um, and all that. That's really, that's really cool. Um, the sort of, uh, I, I like how there's a subplot about He-Man's parents getting divorced. <laughs> I just like yes. that that is a thing. Um, and there's the, there's some fairly uh, intriguing meditations on the nature of war. Again, in a show about He-Man, pretty good. Uh, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. <laughs> um, and, you know, I like the sort of setup of Evil Lynn becoming the, the true villain. Um, and then she wipes out Heaven and then He-Man and Skeletor got to team up. This is a pretty cool setup. Although I will say it does sort of reflect... Um, you had the, you especially had this criticism of part one. I feel like it's even more so in part two. This probably should have been ten episodes as opposed yes, to five. Yes, I agree. Like... <laughs> Well, the, 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 the whole part two has a problem where everybody constantly says things about how they feel instead of, you know, like, they, showing they have us a lot of their natural reactions to things because they don't have enough time. They don't have enough time to really delve into it, so they have to have a lot of conversation. They basically, uh, Master of the Universe Revelation part two can best be described as He-Man therapy sessions. Um, it's, it's basically where everybody's just is. like, I feel like this, I and then to... somebody else is like, Well, you should feel like that. And they're like, mm, That's a good point. You know, we need to do this X, Y, and Z, and then they're like, Okay, let's do that. That's like most of the dialogue in uh, part two. Yeah. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but besides that, I think the ideas that they're working with are very interesting. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. I so also that agree. The, the, to... the existentialist themes are are very good. Yes. Oh. Uh, episode four, Hope for a Destination. This one's started by Adam Conero, Patrick Stannard, written by Tim Sheridan, and it premiered 2021, the 23rd of November. <laughs> so as Tila attempts to use her magic to send a telepathic mes message to the people of Eternia, Adam and Skeletor plot to confront Dark Lynn. Dark Lynn begins examining the universe, witnessing the death of the god Zor, which is hilarious that the god's name is Zor. The, the god's name time, is Zor. <laughs> further propelling her nihilism she's like okay. god is dead actually that, uh, that raises a question and uh yes. he uh, dedicated he-man fans of, of of if any are listening could answer this was he-man was the existence of straight up god in the he-man universe established before this show and was his name always zor I'm I mean, I kind of love the name Zo Zor. No, no, no. I, I like it. No, I like it too. It just—it feels like a very ridiculous, like '80s name. So I'm wondering if Zor. that's the thing that the '80s canon came up with, or if that's something Kevin Smith came up with. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need—we need to ask Kevin Smith about the cosmology of this universe. Can we get Kevin Smith to appear on this podcast? Kevin Smith, the he what is the He-Man Bible? <laughs> what is the He-Man Bible? Release the, the He-Man Bible. What is the ramifications of a Sonic the Hedgehog game? based on the Bible. <laughs> so, Adam and Skeletor arrive at Grayskull, battling Dark Lynn as a distraction while Andra and Teela sneak into the castle sewers, coming across Spiker, Webster, Clawful, Blade, and Goatman and Pigboy, who are yes. hilarious, because nobody cares about Goatman and Pigboy. <laughs> Goatman and Pigboy. Um, I'd also, I want to point out one of my favorite lines, um, in, it might be my, like my, my completely favorite line in the, in the whole show, is, when they're preparing to leave, um, 
Skeletor is like, what are we gonna do? Ask her to pretty please stop destroying the universe. And then Adam <laughs> gives him like this look. And he's just like, oh my god, we are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, I love that line. So the man-at-arms arrives to help them to defeat the villains and encourages Tila to become the sorceress, which yes. basically involves her getting some blue dots in her head and doing a reenactment of Atlantis' lost empire. More or less. I'd also like to point yes. out that given that we're in uh, toyetic uh, 80s properties, you know, Tila, Andra, you're in a sewer. Call the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for help. I feel like no. this... Cross. <laughs> Why we not? Will cross, we will cross the turtles when we get to them. This is not a turtles episode, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I know they're owned by different companies, but I'm just saying. <laughs> so outside Grayskull, King Randor and Marlena reconcile and witness the people of Eternia arriving in response to Tila's message. They're probably not getting back together, though. At the tide of transformation below Grayskull, Tila meets the tr sorceress's spirit and learns that she must be prepared to let go of her former life to be transformed. Like an ascetic, this brings in some Jedi-type themes, you know, yeah. like, you can't love, you let go of your earthly attachments. Yeah, and you know? uh, as was established a bit earlier, and has, I believe, been a canon fact of He-Man since the old show, uh, the sorceress can't actually leave the castle. Like, she can't physically leave. Um mm -hmm. And if, if Tila were to become the sorceress, the old sorceress is like, hey, if you do this, you're, you're stuck in Castle Grayskull forever. Um, and Tila's like, but... You can't leave. But what about... But what if we didn't do that? <laughs> but what if we did? <laughs> but what if we... What if we did something different? <laughs> what if we did a different thing? <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's what she says. And then outside Grayskull, King Randor and Marlene... You know, they're reconciling, yada yada. Yeah. The sorcerer's spirit tells her about all the shit she needs to do. Dark Lynn defeats Adam and Skeletor, killing Panther. Panth rest Panthor. in peace, Panther. Rest in peace, rest in peace, Panthor. I'd also and, like and to Skeletor point out that Skeletor is Skeletor, pissed. Skeletor, I, I just want to, I just want to say, Mister Mister Skeletor, like you keep using uh, the Shadow Ball attack when you should know by now that that is not very effective against Dark types like Dark Lynn, <laughs> like. What? But get your, a get your shit together. <laughs> can we have a moment of silence for Panthor? Yes, moment of silence. All right. Anyway, All right, the moment has passed. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Skeletor is pissed that Panthor has been murdered. And I love this one line when he's like, I loved you, Evelyn. And she's like, you know, you don't love anything. You crave. You I crave. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, he I transforms... Mean... I, I, I also like the yeah. the running theme. It's not as much present in this episode, but I like the sort of running gag that evil that Evelyn is constantly like, you know, maybe if you maybe if I was he man, you'd actually pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Beast Man is transformed into a beast more than a man before lambasting Skeletor for his behavior towards her. That's what Evelyn is doing, yes. and she prepares the destruction of the universe. Darklin witnesses Eternia's force, forces approaching and summons Scareglow and his Subternia army. Uh, End of episode hi, four. Hi, Tony Todd. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Chris, what do you think of episode four? Hope for a destination. I I uh, I uh, bleh. I really enjoy Hope for a Destination. I think it's a it's a very strong episode. You know, uh, good a lot of good action. You know, He Man and Skeletor fighting uh, Darklin. That's all really cool. 
uh, you get Andra and Tila and Man at Arms fighting all the D-list bad guys. <laughs> that's that's a lot of fun, and uh, and we sort of uh, yeah, a lot lots of good action, uh, and we uh, it's good uh, character stuff for Tila with the whole re- reuniting with her mom and sort of trying to you know, defy expectations of, you know, what's expected of, of her and of, because she's supposed to be the sorceress, but it's like, but what if we, you know, did a different thing? Because that, that sounds, that whole not leaving the castle thing sounds dumb. So what if we mm-hmm. just did not, what if we just don't do that? Um, and uh, Cringer fights Beast Man. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, I like the I am my own line. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the, that Evelyn has. That's that's pretty badass. And then and then Scareglow shows up with the Hellspawn because Darkwin has become Godlin, and the, and then it's like Avengers. I mean, Eternians assemble. Um, <laughs> and that leads us into uh, and that'll lead us into the finale. And I think it's a good, uh, really good lead-in. Yeah. What did, what do you yeah, think? Yeah. Of, uh, hope for a destination. This is when the show really started to click for me. I was like, ooh, this is, like, really good. I was like, I'm actually surprised by how good these last two episodes are, and it makes me excited to see where this show might go next, honestly. If they they make more. it's a If they make more, you know. Uh, um, As a penultimate episode, I think it's really fantastic, and I think we'll talk about whether or not it'll get a second season at the end of the episode. Yeah, we can can talk about that. We'll talk about that later. We can talk about that. So, and uh, I think that overall, I really like what they're doing with Dark Lynn's character. I seriously Seriously, seriously enjoy Goatman and Pigboy, and I yes, want them Goatman in my life. Uh, Rest in peace, Panthor, did and that was so I, sad. Did they? I wonder if they made Goatman and Pigboy action figures. I hope. Of they course did. they did. <laughs> they didn't they make did. Goatman and Pigboy to not sell action figures <laughs> of them. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously they had action figures back in the day. I'm talking about like for this show specifically. <laughs> like, Maybe. I I don't know. I, I hope they did. <laughs> And I, I just really enjoy what they're doing with all the characters. I think it's all coming together really nicely. Yeah. So that brings us into episode five. Come with, with everything, everything you see, you see here. here. Which is obviously a joke about the old toy commercials. Because this is, and I say this with love, this episode is effectively uh, Kevin Smith smashing all of his He-Man action figures together. The, the, the episode... <laughs> But also, but also it's really acts as good. a thesis for the nihilistic and existential themes that have been thus far yes, developed. Yes, it does. Like, I, I, like, like, like people, like people might hear me say that and think I'm and think I'm being dismissive. No, I think this episode is actually really fucking good. It's just that. Yes. It, that's what it it's is. It's got the best animation. <laughs> oh yeah. It's got the best animation. It's got the best action scenes. It's got the most stuff that happens. You know, it's Probably got the, most the biggest chaos. Lines. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's so I feel crazy. like we should get into Le Plot. Le Plot. So this episode, yeah. So Tila. Well, first no. off, it's directed by Adam Conero right. and Patrick Stannard, and it was written by Eric Carrasco, and it premiered the 23rd of, of 2021, month of November. Yes. So anyways. Yes. So while Eternia's forces battle against the Scareglow's army, Tila enters the tide of transformation, reconciling with her mother and becoming the new sorceress without severing her connections with her friends and family because asceticism is dumb and you should have connections to the outside world because love is the because power of the universe. love makes you stronger and, like, you know, because exactly. the support systems make you stronger because that's how humanity works. <laughs> Just ask Anakin Skywalker. Exactly. <laughs> so... Orko is revived as a result of Darklin's racing oh, the yeah, dead because... in this um, fucking amazing scene. Oh where my he's like, fucking god! He's like, "I'm back, motherfucker!" When, like, I'm Orko, when you raised, bitch. when you brought back the dead, 
you also brought back me. Which does, uh, what does, okay, like two things. One, this does sadly kind of confirm that Orko didn't get to go to heaven. Um, but on the other hand, it was ultimately Good. for the best. Because everyone in or- heaven Orko, died. Orko deserved to be in Subternia. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, we don't know how bad Subternia is. We haven't been there yet. That's true. But yeah, <laughs> fucking white mage Orko is the best character. <laughs> yes. And he, he, Man, he slaps, he slaps Darklin with his magic. I'm and uh, he defeats Scareglow yeah. and fr- frees the sword of power from Darklin, oh, man, leading fucking, it to fall I into fu- the hands of Adam to become He-Man once Orko, more. Orko versus Scareglow is just like, you know, you say that that fear is that fear tastes tastes delicious. That fear is the best tasting thing. Then the king of fear must be delicious. <laughs> like yes, fuck yeah, so Orko. He man once more battling Darklin and Beastman alongside a transformed Skeletor and Battle Cat. Now Darklin obtains the power of the Celestial Apex, but it's confronted by Tila, believing they. I'm sorry, believing they are fated to lose. <laughs> getting into my comic book voice there skeletor attempts to kill he-man before the universe is destroyed as they battle tila takes dark lin to the location of zor's death the death of god revealing that zor had been reborn and that the universe is more than she believed it to be now dark lin relinquishes her power after realizing the earth and the universe is actually pretty good and you're actually just projecting your own trauma because tila sorceress because because tila sorceress shows up to fight Godlin mm-hmm. and Godlin's like, oh, to defeat you, I just Great have to fight. leave the castle. And then Tila's like, actually, no. <laughs> and then, and then, and then. You've been inside my mind this whole time. Bitch. I've been showing you what I've been seeing. Now look at how cool the universe is. And Evelyn's like, wow, those flowers are pretty dank. Honestly, <laughs> I think I'm going to stop being evil now. I'm just going to be lit. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And good. And there's. More action. Uh, oh, one of my an- another one of my favorite lines. Uh, it's like they they go to the because because Skeletor um because cause Skeletor because they because Skeletor even after all this is happening is still like I'm gonna kill you, He Man. That is my purpose on this earth. And He Man's like you fucking idiot. Also, Ram Man. He's here. like if if the whole universe gets destroyed, I want to murder you first. Yes. Also, Ram Man is here. Say hi to Ram Man, everyone. Ram uh, Man. Ram Man. <laughs> Um, and the he, masters of the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, He Man gets Hashtag a green. Hashtag gays take over sports. And then He Man gets a green goblin glider. Um, yes. So Darklin <laughs> relinquishes her power, yeah. and He Man defeats Skeletor by fleeing him into the distance. It's not about us! <laughs> yes. I love that. Because and this also, story is not actually about He Man at all, it's, it's about Tila. It's about Tila um, and, and Evelyn. Um, I also really mm-hmm. love the line uh, right before that, as He-Man is like in the middle of the battle, he's trying to help some people. It's like, you know, just get into a safe position. There are no safe positions. Oh, there's one behind <laughs> me. Like, hell yeah! <laughs> so He-Man and Tila banish Scareglow's army to Subternia. Now, Orko begins to return to the afterlife as well, but is stopped by Evil Lynn. She's like, nah, like, you're nah, not going back to heaven, you're not bitch. Gonna, you're not going to be dead. Because... You're not not this time. Dead now. You're gonna be cool, white mage forever. Cause, <laughs> cause we need to sell toys of you. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd buy one. <laughs> and also, this is a this is a payoff of Evil Lynn and Orko's relationship that was set up way back in part, way in part one. Part one, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Now, sometime later, Andra becomes the new man at arms. Yeah, Andra's the new while... man at arms, so hopefully she'll get something to do if they make more of this. Um, yes. And then, while Adam and Tila confer that they will always need each other will... in a scene that's I interpret as platonic, because honestly, Adam is in no way straight. Yeah, um, well, I don't. I don't. Th- are, are are either of them even? Like to be honest, I feel like there's an argument that he man. I guess I obviously I know the obvious. The, the obvious joke is that he man is like gay. Like that's gay. But like honestly, I think there's an argument to be made that Adam is just not interested in sex with anyone. Like, <laughs> then why does he dress like that? Well, I don't think he chose the costume. Hmm. I don't. <laughs> unless you're talking about his Adam outfit, I don't think that's particularly sexual. <laughs> well, I mean. The whole He-Man costume. The He-Man was... costume was not something he chose. So it's extremely homoerotic. It is extremely homoerotic, but like, it's it's also it 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 doesn't seem like Adam is interested in pursuing a romantic relationship with anyone of any gender. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Adam is ace. Adam is ace. Ace. I mean, man... I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and then Lin no. is is finally at peace, and then Skeletor comes back to Snake Mountain and is like, what are all you idiots doing? You could have helped me kill He-Man, but you were all up here being a bunch of bitches. And, like, and then they're like, but our motherboard. And I was like, oh, I almost forgot about the fucking yeah, the, motherboard The, the techno people. call. And then it's like, oh, yeah. this stupid thing. Well, I'm going to blast it with my laser. But then the computer monitor starts opening up. And it turns out motherboard was real. It's a real robot. And she starts it's dumping Skeletor code. And then it opens up the little hologram symbol. And it's the Horde! It's the Tordak! Hordax! Which means we're getting a Shira crossover. That, that raises... I have questions. Okay, so one, yeah, that's obviously very cool. But is this meant to be like, we are crossing over with Shira slash this is a stealth prequel to the currently existing Netflix Shira? Well, it's this... different because Shira itself was a complete reboot of the original He-Man. Well, this is a sequel it's, to the original it, it He-Man, the original which movie. then also shared the same universe as the original Shira show. Well, not technically, because really, uh, well, sort of, because Revelation technically creates a split timeline because the original right. He-Man ended uh, with Shira starting up. Like, people think those two aired at the same time because they ran in syndication, but no. Uh, She-Ra didn't start until He-Man had run its course. And oh, yeah. the ending of He-Man, like, kind of... There's a bit of setup for She-Ra. Well, there's, there's actually the... a fun story behind that. Um, so, J. Michael Straczynski... And this, this is going to be a bit of she lore here for you guys. J. Michael Straczynski, at this point, was a comic book writer. And uh, he really wanted to write for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So he just kept sending scripts into into Mattel TV or whatever it was, and they kept being like, no, what is this? <laughs> no. Then they finally got one. They were like, okay, this is kind of interesting. So they brought him on board, and then he was a script supervisor. Then he became a writer, and then eventually they were like, hey, we're making a spinoff show. And J. Michael Schoen like, you're making a spinoff show. And he's like, yeah. And like, it's going to be for girls. It's going to be called She-Ra, and we want you to make the universe. <laughs> And, and and J. Michael Straczynski was like, oh, hell yeah. And then he made <laughs> She-Ra and the Masters of the Universe and made the lore really fucking dense. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but basically, because, yeah, because He-Man, the original He-Man ends and then leads into original She-Ra, 
But this show picks up right where original He-Man left off without mm-hmm. the sh- explicit she connections, at least up until this point. So right. is this meant to be... Again, is this meant to be crossover with currently existing She-Ra reboot? Um, or I mean, this... I feel like I feel like there's kind of enough timeline shenanigans happening in popular mass media right now that you could do a, a timeline thing I mean, or that, a multiverse thing. Yeah, because like here's the thing, like that's what I want, and I feel mm. like that's probably what a lot of people jumped to. But the other possibility is that this is simply. Kevin Smith setting up his own version of She-Ra within this universe, which I'm going to be honest, sounds less interesting. (laughs) I mean, if he does do that, there's one interesting thing we could do. Bring back J. Michael Straczynski. Uh, Yeah, if you, you, I mean, that could be fun, but I'd prefer, I I honestly, uh, look, I need, I need Entrapta and Andra interactions in my life. Like I've I've only like just thought of this, but like they would be. No, I, I don't think they would actually do Shira different than the Princesses of Power Shira. If they're gonna include Shira at all, they would probably. I, I uh, would have imagine, a crossover. Yes, and they could. Especially considering they're both Netflix productions, and I know Netflix one is technically production. made by DreamWorks and the other is made by Mattel. Yeah, because they're I mean, technically different studios because He Man and Shira are technically separate licenses because it's a whole complicated legal thing. But uh, like, for real though, who cares? If they were, if they're gonna do it. The, the 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 thing that people want is a crossover with the currently existing Shira. So yes, if they're smart, or the existed least, Shira, the completed Shira, the completed, it's kind of over at this point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people. Well, uh, well, people was, still want a movie, but it doesn't look like there's a lot of movement yeah. going on behind the scenes for that. Yeah, because I feel like also like the the movement for that kind of died down after a point. Like mm-hmm. it just feels like people are more or less content. Um, yeah, I mean, it ran its course. It, it ran its course. It had a good ending. the story. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, part two, if we get into our final thoughts, I think part two is a very interesting continuation of the story. And I thought it was really a lot better than part one, honestly. Overall, um, I yeah. think it's a lot more thematically interesting. The characters are richer. And even though it has some pacing and show-don't-tell problems... Uh, I think overall it is a lot of fun, and it's not a terrible way to spend two and a half hours. I'd give it probably an 8 out of 10, maybe a 9, probably just an 8 though. Chris, what do you think of part two of this show? Yeah, overall I I agree with, I I would say I largely agree. I really enjoyed part two. I thought it was a really strong continuation. It played with a lot of uh, compelling ideas. Like, I, like... I'm not sure if it's as, like, culturally interesting as part one in a sense, but in some ways it is, like, because it's, you know, He-Man playing with existentialism, but it's also a lot more smashing action figures together, um, which is good. Right. I-, I like that stuff, but, you know, it's not mm-hmm. as, sub- you know, it's not as immediately, you know, striking and subversive as we killed He-Man in the first episode, where do we go from here? Um, right. But at the same time, ultimately i will say definitively part two is i think more fun to watch like if like yes. it's because because you know there is more action there's more character interaction with you know people you know and and it's and it's done very well um and you know uh there's a lot of great character design great action scenes and animation and i you know i really enjoy the existentialist themes the way the characters grow um throughout the story white mage orko as we mentioned um 
best character. Um, and yeah, I think it is really, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really solid. I really enjoyed it. As for more of this, because initially a lot of the marketing for Masters of the Universe Revelation was that this was a one and done, like that this would be a mini series. Yeah. But more recently, Kevin Smith has been on Twitter like, here's hoping for a season two, as in production season two. Because fun fact about uh, animation production, for those of you who don't mm-hmm. know, uh, studios have a have a habit of, of splitting uh, single production seasons into multiple airing seasons. Uh, yeah. Because this allows them to have all the marketing hype of season two and season three or whatever without actually having to give the people the the crew involved any raises or additional compensation for working on multiple production season because it technically wasn't an additional production season this right. is actually a bit of a skeevy practice when you think about it but um but that's beside the point um so well it's, it's all up to netflix really it, it is ultimately I mean, all up to netflix and, and i don't know you what you can that never means. really rely on netflix to because, keep anything going long term <laughs> yeah because well you, you that and also netflix tends to just straight up lie about its numbers because even if they report the numbers are really good there's no telling if that's actually true because if they didn't just straight up lie then why would they be like the live action cowboy bebop was like number one and then three weeks later we canceled the live action cowboy bebop oh (laughs) yeah so maybe because it fucking sucked yeah probably maybe it it wasn't very good and you shouldn't have made it (laughs) but yeah with with animation I'm with animated shows. I'm always cautious because I'm like these things get canceled so many times. But I would be interested in seeing more overall. I, I think interesting... it is an interesting show, and I would like to see it get more episodes. Honestly, I like would... more episodes per season. Like, I think that would be. Good. I think I yeah because if I if the criticism as I mentioned earlier, like if I have criticism, it's that you know the the one you could argue it's not as culturally interesting as some of the ideas explored in part one, even if it is overall a more entertaining watch. Um, yeah, and the other criticisms are one like part one. This really needed to be ten episodes because a lot happens really, really fast. Like Evelyn goes from, you know, being like fully loyal to Skeletor to being like there is no god very <laughs> quickly. <laughs> Maybe we should have spread that out a little bit. I I don't know like what the time frame was exactly. I'd love to see like some a deep dive behind the scenes stuff on this and the production yeah. cycle of, and how everything went down. Um, uh, but yeah, I think and, uh, overall, yeah. I think we, uh, we, uh, we both uh, enjoy we it. And in terms of, uh, what recommend, yeah, we'd recommend in terms of what I'd like to see in a potential, I guess, part three. Um, I think mainly just she crossover and like, as, and hopefully by Shira crossover, I mean like Netflix Shira crossover, like Noel Steve- Noel Stevenson Shira, because that's the. With apologies to J. Michael Straczynski, uh, that's the good one. Uh... <laughs> well, have you seen the original? I I, can, I can't say that I have, but. Why well, I? Chris, uh, episode sixty-two, Magic Cats, Catra and Shira are accidentally <laughs> transported to an underground cat world, Half Moon. Where She-Ra finds herself in great danger once Catcher falsely assumes the Cat Throne. Written by J. Michael Straczynski. I mean... I want, that sounds amazing. I mean, I do kind of want to see that scenario play out with, like, the, the current incarnation of She-Ra. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine Adora and Catra, like, after the please, wedding. Please let us know if you want us to cover original He-Man She-Ra. 
I don't know. Mostly if we would, she I don't know if we would survive that, honestly. <laughs> I think it would be so much fun, honestly. I feel like we'd slowly lose our minds. Um, I think that's p- the point. That's true. Maybe that's when our show is the best. I maybe think. Maybe we'll do. Maybe I have. We we should be coming up on our hundredth episode in in twenty twenty two. So we'll we'll think about it. I'll, I'll All right. But it. anyway, Chris, but, uh, what are I we guess, doing next week? Although I guess we should, um, before we get into that, I guess, do we want to do okay. some any sort of like year end wrap up talk? Because this is technically our last episode for the year. Bit of an odd note to end on, but. Uh, um, 2021 sucked. Let's go into 2022. I mean, 2021 was a weird year in the sense that like anything was better than the last year. But also, like, a lot of really bad shit happened. And, like, it was still kind of not good, but it was it was sort of a weird return to normalcy in the sense that it was a bad year. Or at least it was kind of bad. But it was bad in the expected level of bad. And even less, not even to the level of, like, the Trump years level of bad. It was just sort of like, well, with, with, with some obvious exceptions. Um... It was just sort of like this we was. We do a not year. recommend 2021 as a year. Yeah, this was a yeah. I, I wouldn't exactly three out of ten. It, but it was also a year that kind of just try harder happened. And try for, harder for time. Pers- I mean, for me personally, I think there was a lot of good stuff that happened. Like for one, I I got to go to movie theaters again, so that was uh-huh. nice. You know, Dude. I I moved. I got a I got a well I I got a job that I was fired after four days for no good reason, but then I got a better job that I'm, yeah. I'm happy at, mostly. It's not exactly what I want to be doing, but, you know, I don't feel like I actively hate it. So that's good. I feel like we've gotten to some a lot of good places with the with the podcast, and I, I took a screenwriting class. Um, I really enjoyed that. And I even though 2021 had a lot of really bad uh bad shit like a lot of abuse a lot of sexism misogyny and there was also that thing where there was the the coup at the beginning of the year the attempted coup um you know that happened but Um, you know what's the bright side is the eagles are going into the playoffs baby oh yeah the eagles are going into the playoffs um and we got some good movies. We'll probably talk about that more when we talk about our like most anticipated movies of the next year, and we can talk about you know what our most liked movies of, of this year were. Um, yes. So, but yeah, I think this was this was certainly a year, and a year. I hope twenty twenty two is a is a better year. Um, so, what do we do next week? Next week to ring in the new year for our first episode of twenty twenty two, we will be diving into the multiverse to ask the question what if because we're talking about what if you see the, the, the marvel and- oh i thought we were gonna talk about no way home no 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 that's uh that's in a couple weeks after that but okay uh, yeah we're, we're talking about uh, what if <laughs> spoilers gwen stacy's still dead I don't think anyone expected Gwen Stacy to be alive. I feel like it would be more of a spoiler if Gwen Stacy was somehow still alive. Spoilers. Gwen Stacy's dead. Yes. Snippity snap. Gwen Stacy's spine go crack. Snap crack of off Gwen Stacy. 
All right. That yeah. basically clears up the show. You can find me on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, anyways, Brian wait, Burton. hold on. You I can find that... me on Letterbox at bbrack 2 or you can find me inside your hopes and dreams and slash or at the place where the god Zor was died. Yes. Dead. Killed. I, I sentenced that correctly. <laughs> I do words good. I do words good. Um. Anyways, uh, it's it's a bit weird that uh, you went first on that, but uh, it's fine. And anyways, I I'm am taking initiative. I'm taking being ini- assertive. Being assertive. No, not insertive. Assertive. Um, and anyways, so I am Chris Hanna, and you can find. Uh, thank you. Oh wait. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, through, throughout this except whole, for you, Todd. This, except for you, Todd. Todd. Uh, Todd Howard. <laughs> Todd Browning. From so I, I was making Lewinsburg, a, Virginia. For the last time, Todd, we're not gonna we're we're not gonna sponsor Skyrim on this on this show. We're not <laughs> Todd Howard. <laughs> we're Todd not chilling your Howard. We're not chilling your fifteen thousandth port of Skyrim, Todd Howard. Listen um, here, Toad. Toad. It's not happening. <laughs> all right. You can Dovahkiin all you want. We're not doing it. All right. But anyway, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, uh, this has been Hipster and the Nerd. We do this every week. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much all your major podcast platforms. Please leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, you can. Let's give, give us six stars. They only let you rate five stars, but just leave in a review that you're actually six bags six stars. of popcorn. Six bags, twelve bags, twelve bags of popcorn. Um, and anyways, four um, soft drinks. Yeah, so, so yeah, subscribe on Spotify and engage with the polls and the Q and A. Spread the word on social media. Share with all your oh, friends. Oh, we got a shout out by the way. We got a shout out. Oh yeah, uh, shout out on uh, on uh, Robbie's world. Uh, my my uh, buddy Robbie Thornton on Twitter has started his own podcast, and we got a shout out on that. Yeah, check check out his podcast because he's a, he's a he's a really cool guy. Podcast of and, Robbie's uh, world. We, res- I should probably, we respect everything he's doing over there. I should probably actually listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I well, haven't I haven't had the time. Um, but I will. I will. Um, and uh, th- and. Yeah, so so check that out as well. Um, yeah, spread the word on social media. Share it with all your friends. Hashtag hipster and the nerd. Help us grow the show. We very much hashtag team it. hipster. Hashtag team nerd. Um, anyways, mm. I am Chris Hanna. You can find me at mega nerd ninety eight on Twitter and on Letterboxd, and you can also find me on my WordPress page, Mega Nerd's Musings, um, a home of geeky ramblings and self adulted fan fiction, and you can also find me on the TOH Musical Project Discord server. Is where, that thing not dead yet? Where the general chat is currently losing their minds over the lack of updates. <laughs> that is, that is <laughs> okay. currently what's happening on that server. So if, if, if you want to observe that and maybe remind the mod... I'm getting highly invested <laughs> in, in the TOH arc of our ending of the podcast. And and maybe, you know, get the mods to, to you know... To, 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 to give us updates so we don't lose our minds, uh, then you can join the TOH Musical Project server uh, on Discord. Um, and Brian already told us where you can find You them. can find me. The question is, do you want to? <laughs> no one can be told what the Matrix is. <laughs> exactly. Um, but So thank you again, everybody, for listening. Um, have a... I hope you all had a... I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. 
um, and because we're recording this uh, the Monday after Christmas, um, have a happy new year. Uh, seize the means of Applebee's, and we will see you next time. Next time. Oh, also, I've been recording with a new microphone this whole time. I don't know if you noticed. Brian got me a new microphone for Christmas, and it's really good. Woo! So, yeah. Seize high the means quality. Of- high quality. Good You get only the best audio. from this podcast. Only the best. And anyway, so yeah. Thank you, everybody. Seize the means of Applebee's. Have a happy new year. Goodbye. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.